G'day, it's Will here. Uh, just a little quick uh, message up the top of this episode. This is an episode of Tofop that Charlie and I recorded, oh, like probably a, a, a six weeks ago, something like that. And uh, I haven't put it up for a couple of reasons. Um, the main reason is that, as some of you will know, uh, and uh, I'm sorry if you're finding out now for the first time, uh, but a, a guest uh, from our Tofop universe and, uh, of course, Charlie's mum, uh, Eileen, uh, died. Uh, and uh, if you did not know Eileen, if you haven't heard the episode of Tofop she was on from a couple of Christmases ago, I definitely recommend checking that out. It's one of my favourite episodes ever. But also, Charlie did a series of podcasts with her on his other podcast, That's Awesome, uh, where he talked to her about uh, her life and and what she'd learnt and you know her facing her death and uh, and how that had changed her. They're, they're beautiful podcasts. Um, uh, I, I just anyway, she was a very wonderful woman, and it was a great pleasure to get to know her for just a, a small amount of time. And uh, I know that Charlie and her were very, very close, and she felt very, very loved uh, at the end of her life. And she also appreciated the love that she got from the the podcast audience. I think that was a, an unexpected joy uh, in you know the, the last moments of her life to share her stories and have these people connect with them in in such a powerful way so i definitely re- recommend you check that out uh so there's this episode of tofop we won't reference that at all uh next episode i'll put up the live one from the la podcast festival uh and then after that i'll be back in australia and hopefully charlie and i will record some new episodes uh so here's the other thing i wanted to talk to you about oh plugs out of the way first let's just do this really quickly um as always the best way to support uh me and support the podcast and my other podcast is to come and see my live shows if you are able to so my fire at will tour which is my new tour for uh 2016 is on sale in uh, adelaide brisbane and melbourne they're all on sale at the moment selling well thank you everyone for supporting those shows uh uh, uh, we are going to do a live TOEFOP during uh, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and I can confirm that we have asked John Deeks to be involved. So if you missed Deeksy at last year's Superpod 2, then, I mean, well, if you were there, you know he stole the show. Alex Edelman came and saw the show and I remember him just saying afterwards, like, who is that guy? He's so brilliant. And he is absolutely brilliant. So come along and see us during the Comedy Festival. I know uh, I'm just tell- it's not on sale yet. Uh, but I'm just telling people because I know that sometimes people like to coordinate uh, coming and seeing, you know, my show on the on the same night. So if you are one of those people who likes to do that, and I encourage that, uh, it'll be that third weekend of the comedy festival that we're going to be doing the the Tofop show on the Saturday night. And I'll give more details as they come and when it goes on sale. But here we go. Here's the uh, here's the big thing. Uh, this is what I want to talk to you about. Oh, uh, quickly, if you're in LA. Uh, this Friday night, I'm doing set list. Jen Kirkman, uh, regular Fofop guest, is on the show. Uh, Eddie Peppertone, who's been a previous uh, Fofop guest, is on that show. Uh, it's a huge lineup. It's going to be really, really great. So uh, come along to that. Eliza Skinner, who I think is one of the most brilliant improvisers in the world. And of course, uh, in early January, I think the 7th and 8th of January, I'm in Hong Kong uh, doing Free Will uh, as part of the Utter Belly Comedy Festival. So if you're in that part of the world. Uh, but here's, okay, I, I don't want to do too many plugs, but there is one important plug that we mentioned at the end of this episode but now uh, in the time that has passed since then is actually a reality so i'm just going to talk you through that really quickly which is the fact that we have a patreon uh tofop this uh, little uh, podcast that we started <laughs> five years ago 
uh, which, you know, has become, we've done 110 odd episodes of and in five years, which is not a lot. We understand that. And, um, you know, I've done 230 of Fofop in the same amount of time and uh, Charlie's done 40, that's Orson's, and uh, I've done 30 philosophies. So there's been a bunch of other podcasts that have spawned out of this universe, but it all started with this one, Tofop. And, and this is kind of, you know, where, where everything lives in our world. It always starts with Tofop. So uh, Tofop has a Patreon. Uh, it will be the Patreon that it will be for philosophy and that's awesome and all those things as well. Anything that we offer for, for, through those podcasts, through the Patreon or just be through this TOEFOP page and our TOEFOP world, Charlie and I, um, you can check out the the Patreon page at uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon dot com slash TOEFOP. It's pretty easy to find and it's all pretty self-explanatory. But uh, basically, uh, for people that don't know what Patreon is, it's basically just like uh, a way that you can subscribe to something and you can give as mu- uh, much or as little money as you want. It's a per monthly sort of thing. But of course, you can always uh, quit whenever you want as well. Like, you know, you don't have to subscribe forever. Um Basically, what Charlie and I have always wanted to do with the podcast and our philosophy when we started, we've got a lot of offers recently from people wanting to monetize the podcast and, uh, you know, put ads in it or, uh, you know, offer other ways, live reads or whatever that you can uh, start to make some money off the podcast. And for us, it's not even really about making money off it, you know, but we spend a lot of our own personal money on on doing all the stupid things that we do. And the podcast has never been a financial thing. It's always just been a labor of love. But five years in, we... This year, we were both pretty inconsistent with stuff because we were so busy doing other things in our lives, but we don't want to... The podcasting world has changed and we're looking at a way just to really be able to invest some more money back into it. The first thing we really want to do more than anything else... Um, well, we had a couple of things. We had the transcript from the 100th show from last year. So there is a reward offer and we'll add more rewards as it goes on, by the way, when we think of them and we see what people want. But at the moment on the Patreon page, if you go there, uh, basically what happens is like, you know, so for example, I'm just having a look at it here now. Um, if you pledge a dollar, or more a month. We've had 10, 10 patrons who've uh, pledged like a dollar at this stage, which is fantastic. We've had 36 who've pledged $2 a month. So, you know, $2 for the the podcast you would hear in a month if you think it's uh, worth that. Uh, 19 patrons have uh, uh, pledged $10 a month, which is incredibly generous. We really appreciate that. And uh, if you do uh, pledge $10 a month, you get sent uh, a private link to download your own copy of the TOEFOP 100th uh, book transcript. So basically there's going to be some electronic versions and then there's like a 100 hard copy versions. I think originally there was 20, but it turns out they were very popular. So uh, the $15 reward level, uh, at the moment we have three people who've subscribed to that. You get the link to the ebook, of course, but also you get first notification of our live shows. So for example, if you want to be one of the people who, like our live shows always sell out really quickly and if you want to be on the list to get a heads up that they're going on sale, uh, the $15 a month one will give you that heads up as well as that. And the $20 a month, uh, which is where we've done the hardcover copy of the TOEFOP 100. James has done amazing art for it. There's some photos in there. The transcript's really great. It's really fantastic. So uh, there's only a few of those left. But um, we will add other reward levels and, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, when people kind of tell us what things would be interesting, we can we can add those in or as, uh, as we have things to achieve, um, we can add those things in. Now, here's the thing. Um, both Charlie and I have jobs and good jobs. And so, and we do this because we love doing the podcast. So at the end of the day, our main priority is if you just enjoy listening to the podcast and you, you don't have any money 
or you don't feel that you want to support it, that's fine. That's fine. We want to always keep it available uh, like that. Now, one of the ways to do that is to put ads in the podcast. And I just personally, I, I don't love it as an idea. I just don't love it in podcasts that I listen to. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I always think the minute you take advertisers' dollars, um, you know that not everything that I'm saying on the podcast is 100% what I think and 100% honestly coming uh, from my heart. Now, that might change. I mean, if people don't support the Patreon, if people this isn't the way people uh, want to do it and maybe people are comfortable with the ideas of listening to advertising and stuff, then we'll explore that in the future. But we had a chat and we thought, well, the best way to keep the podcast free for anyone who wants it to be free and we want to keep all the old episodes up and all those sort of things but it costs us money you know to host them and to you know pay for your hosting and uh, we haven't updated the website in a while because we need to you know find some money to do that and some time to do all these things you know so what we basically want to do is see how interested people are in supporting the podcast and from our point of view all that money will then go back into the podcast and, and producing more content. And I mean, our ma- a major priority at the start, I think, you know, our first aim really is, you know, if we could get enough money that we can uh, have the equipment and, uh, you know, the resources and the whatever um, to uh, do the podcast weekly. Now, the problem is that Charlie and I are not in the same place most weeks. So w- really, like we could do it on Skype, but we've always resisted because of the quality issues and the fact that you might need to get a little mixed together and stuff like that. And neither of us could do those things. Uh, but obviously, if we raise enough money through this thing, you know, we can A, find someone who can do that for us and, and B, invest in the sort of technology that would enable us to do TOEFOP weekly. So that's our first aim, really. It's a pretty modest one, but we'd love to do TOEFOP uh, weekly. There you go. Uh, all right. Look, I'm going to, I'm sure we'll talk heaps more about Patreon um, as, as the weeks go on. And I won't do it in this much detail, I promise, because, you know, there's no point in me going, don't have advertising on the show and then me banging on for ages, advertising shit all the time. So I get it. <laughs> but there you go. It's up. Uh, it's the Patreon page. Um, we just want to see uh, if people are interested in, you know, kind of supporting the the, uh, the podcast and that will, I guess, in, in some ways determine at least a little bit uh, what happens to it in the next year or so. I'm excited about it and I'm excited that people have already, you know, expressed an interest and, you know, even if you can only give a little bit or even if you can't, if the, if you can't, then, uh, well, that's fine too. That's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of us doing it this way is that if you can't, then that is uh, totally fine and uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, people have in the past, of course, already supported this podcast by coming to live shows or by buying posters or T-shirts and all the posters and T-shirts and art is all still up at James Fosdyke's Redbubble page. Basically, the way that works is uh, we get, just get a little tiny cut of what uh, James uh, sells. So we don't re- we get a tiny little bit and he just takes us off, takes it off, you know, the bill for whatever bit of art or whatever thing. So we, at the moment he's designing uh, something really cool for us for the live show in Melbourne, and you know, and then yeah, we'll have a little bit of money to uh, to take off that. But obviously, if some money's coming in from the Patreon, we can do that, and then we can look at doing posters. And anyway, you you understand how this ship works. You don't need to hear any more from me. And I said I wouldn't bang on anyway. So please uh, enjoy this episode. Check out the Patreon page. Um, And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language.
TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World was like. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello. And you just missed some more AFL talk. Oh yeah, we were... It's we... November, and we're still talking football. Well, it's trade period, and plus your club... Um, had probably the worst trade period of all time yeah. because uh, the gun player that you got to your club mm. as he was signing his contract uh, also was uh, Snapchatting one of his mates while he was doing a line of coke. So do you think, though, it was the worst trade period or St Kilda were just playing the long game in terms of negotiations? They're right, like, look, get the price we'll down. agree to the $600,000 a year contract because we know in about four weeks we'll be in a good negotiating position to get it down. <laughs> In fact, they gave him the coke. Yeah, <laughs> they they said they said, look, to be honest, we can't afford this guy. Yeah. We've looked at the salary cap. Like they're in the office out the back. They're going, uh, we can't afford to pay him this much, guys. Yeah. Why are you offering him six hundred thousand dollars a year? And and they're like, no, 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 no. We just installed Snapchat on his phone. Don't yeah. worry, this will take care of itself. We've got a plan. <laughs> we put on. We gave him Snapchat and a ticket to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Your uh, blackboard is clean. The board that Will has in um, uh, the, the, the pod cave is normally covered in uh, crazy mathematical genius type scrawlings of Will's upcoming shows and obligations. But the board is clean. It's a bit unnerving. In fact, it's recently cleaned. I cleaned it just this afternoon because I've started doing my political Will show. So that was what was up there on the board. So that's now kind of vaguely in my head and so that came off the board and now I have to start writing the new show so fresh board fresh start but yes yeah, right. this afternoon how long will that stay clean for uh, well hopefully I'll start in the next like week or so thinking about the new show but um, I, I've still got another week of the political show so basically once that's done I'll start thinking about the new show do you ever just have to like write out I will not lock the dogs outside like a hundred times and you're in trouble from Amy. I mean, it does look like that sort of blackboard. Yeah. It does look like the sort yeah. of blackboard. Opening of the Simpsons. If you just came here in here one day and I was just like, I must not make jokes about Shannon Noll. I must not make jokes <laughs> about Shannon. <laughs> What's a high school? When was the last time you were at a high school? Have you done any talks or visits or anything <laughs> like that? Any court appointed... Quarter pointed. Uh, is this the catch a predator now? <laughs> when was the last time you drove slowly well, by the, a high school? The reason I'm asking is I was yeah, kind of thinking of you asking? writing. Uh, I was just you know I was toying with the idea of, of this this film idea, and it was like set in a high school, and I'm like I don't think I could accurately describe a high school these days. Like they had blackboards when I was at high school. No one had like mobile phones. No one really had laptops or anything. My memory of high school is so outdated. It might as well be fucking Hogwarts. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand what you mean by that. I mean, do they still have Bunsen burners? Do they people must. still use protractors? Uh, Are they? Do you, do you have exercise a, book? Do you have an app for all that do shit? Do you use exercise book? Do you just have a laptop now? You must just use laptops, right? I mean, I assume so, right? I mean, Why are you even writing shit on everyone, paper anymore? Are they, You're not Amish. Are they... Because when I was a kid, computers were expensive. Yeah. So does every kid now future. have like uh, like a, a I was going to say court appointed. I mean a school uh, a school paid for laptop. Is there like 
you, when you you know start the year, they give you a laptop? I mean, there was a program that uh, Kevin Rudd announced that everybody was going to get a laptop in school, but I think that didn't happen quite as much as as well as he announced it. Really announced it well, but I, I don't feel like... But also, if you get the government involved in buying everyone a laptop, you know they're going to buy the shittiest laptop yeah, yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah. And then like it's a the year $500 later, one from JB Hi-Fi. Right. You're like, this is actually the opposite of a computer. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Do you, did you have computers at your primary school? The, my first memory of computers was an Apple IIe, which was in the computer room in my primary school. Yeah. And uh, we was were, it a computer lab or a computer room? Did uh, you guys go to the lab? What's or a, what's, it, so does that mean more than one computer? I mean, I think lab? more than one computer is a lab. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a computer lab. Okay, but it, we just—it was called the computer room. But okay. the Apple IIe, the main use that I got out of it, because we there's something about you weren't allowed to use until you got to year three or something. But we would go in for these classes where they'd teach you how to type, and there was this one program called. It was a. It was like a. It was a really basic graphic of an ocean, like a two-dimensional rendering of an ocean. And letters would drop from the sky, and you had to find a letter on the keyboard and hit it before it hit the water. Otherwise, a fish would come along and eat the letter. And it was to teach you the keyboard, where the keys were. Oh, that, that seems fun. Does that seem familiar? No. Oh. No, I, I, look, for a person who types for a living and spends all of my life writing, I've never learned how to type. Like, I type quite quickly now. I can type about as quickly as I think. But it's all been hands like, on keyboards? Oh, no way. One finger at a time? Not one finger at a time, but I'm using three. You're like uh, 1970s, like uh, when uh, Christopher Reeve had to play Clark Kent, and he would use, like, <laughs> one finger, one finger. <laughs> no, I'm not quite like that, but I do have, like, I, I would say I use about five fingers total. Like when I'm typing, I used, maybe, I used, maybe a thumb to capitalize. Yeah, I used a typing uh, program, like a like teach you how to type program about ten years ago, and that helped me. But because of my short stumpy fingers, oh, yeah. it is a bit like. Do you watching, need to get a specialist keyboard? Yeah, like wands on each finger. You're, you're great on an iPhone six. <laughs> to you, that's like a normal size keyboard. <laughs> I I mash the keyboard sometimes because yeah, my right. fingers. But I'm actually quite good now. I can sort of touch type. I don't. I used to have to look at the keyboard. Now I can pretty much look at the screen. Oh yeah, I don't have to look at the keyboard. I can type like you know. Are you someone who, if you're writing like you're in a stream and you're just blah, 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 yeah. not like sitting in a stream like a river stream, but in a stream of consciousness, or okay. a stream of <laughs> creativity. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I did go to a river stream. And I was like, Where is this going? So you're typing in a stream, like you know, as part of my Duke of Edinburgh Awards program, <laughs> or like I'm some sort of comedy bear grills now. I only type in a stream. <laughs> Would you, uh, are you someone who allows the, the spelling mistakes to occur and just oh, yeah, keep fine. going yeah, yeah, no, no, and then care. just spell check at the end? Yeah, I don't care. See, I can't let that happen. Those little, that little red squiggly line bugs me. Like when I'm writing in the red squiggle, I have to go back and correct it immediately. Oh, often, often words are different when I go back and I have to guess what I meant. Oh, right. Because, because things have been autocorrected, auto-corrected and stuff. And I'm yeah. like... like non-lids. It's like non-lid. Apparently, like uh, the, uh, the program, the autocorrect program that I use in, in whatever I use on the Apple doesn't, uh, repre- doesn't uh, recognize uh, niqab, the, you know, the headdress. Yeah, yeah. The niqab. And I've been writing a lot of jokes yeah, around the burqa and stuff like that. And I kept going back and going, what did I mean when it said nib? <laughs> Every time, nib. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that's what it must have been. Yeah, I, uh, I just uh, upgraded to the latest operating software on Mac, which is, I think it's called, no, fuck, El Capitan? Is she, is, seriously? Yeah, it sounds Are like a Weezer album, or is that like, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the new operating software, because they went from Leopard, I think, and now it's called El Capitan. Right, hang on, where did that go? Because wasn't the, the, the one before Leopard was like, I don't know. Mavericks? Like, really? 
They're pretty cool names. Look, I've downloaded something called Maverick. Like, I, I don't always, know what it is. Oh, you just downloaded it. I haven't installed it yet. Yeah. But I had to... Up- Turns your computer into Tom Cruise from Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just make a lot of really rash decisions. That, uh, you'll lose at least one of your close friends. I bought a new iPhone. Spoilers, if you haven't seen Top Gun. And I had to back it up for my computer. But because my phone was so much newer than my computer, I basically had to update my entire operating system sure. to talk to my phone. Yeah. Uh, and it's fucking fantastic, but... I feel like with all this progression that technology is making, I'm starting to lose the fight. Like I'm struggling more and more to under the, in, the intuition of technology is starting to pass me by because it's designed for smarter, younger people. Uh, you know but, what I mean? Like but, my, my new word, it's like, it's great, but I'm, I, I just don't know how to do basic things on it. And I'm sure it's right in front of me. Like, I'm sure it should be simple. They've made it easier, probably. Heaps easier. Like, and like, made it more intuitive and more easy, and now we don't understand it anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's what being an old person is. One day, you're going to get, like, a mobile phone that's just going to be a blank screen of glass, and they're going to go, yeah, make a call, and you'll be like, well... Well, the fucking program, whatever the one is on the Apple that I, GarageBand, right, that I put this podcast into, like I have a computer that I exclusively keep now. I've upgraded to a new computer, but I do this podcast on my old computer because I don't know how to use (laughs) the new version of GarageBand to put this podcast together, but my old computer still has the old one that I understand. So I literally now use that computer exclusively for this podcast because it has the old version that I know how to use. Yeah, I've tried to use the new one on my new computer and I don't know how it works can you tell me what the security <laughs> iChain thing is do you get that with your phone where it says to turn on your security chain please pair it with another device it's something there's some security something going no, on shut where up. when i open my ipad it tells me that i've got to uh-huh. pair it with my phone it tells my phone i don't know what it means do you reckon I- anyone's doing all that stuff or are we all just confused by it because it feels to me that like my computer offers me much more than I take it up on. Do you know what the cloud is? I mean, I know what it <laughs> Do is. Do you understand the cloud? I understand what it is. Do you use it? No. I have no idea what of mine is stored on the cloud and what of mine is stored on my hard drive. Unless you are intentionally storing things on the cloud. I mean, there's a uh, there's a broader version of this, which is that everything we ever put out there is stored in some sense. So but some nothing of my stuff you do, must and be now the, the government are also do, keeping better data. Do your photos share on all your devices? No, dear God, no. So have mine you not does. seen... Uh, that sex tape, the movie. I no. mean, the whole plot of that is you don't share on your devices. They made a sex tape and it got uploaded into the cloud, so and then how bang, do I get that's my your... shit off the cloud. I don't have it. Well, I don't have anything dodgy. I don't have anything dodgy in my photos. That's right? Yeah, weird... but you know, that's the weird thing is when I have handed someone my phone to show them like a photo. Yeah. And they always go, "Oh, I don't want to scroll too far in case." I... And I'm like. The sad part is, no, you won't. You'll find photos of my dog. Oh, mate, that, that's what mine would be. I d- <laughs> don't want to scroll too far, or I might find 900 photos of your dog in well, a row. But it feels I like... I might be able to look at your dog's entire life in Benjamin Button style. That's what it would be. <laughs> if you're on my phone, you would have the Benjamin Button experience of Winona's life. <laughs> you would have seen the last six months as she's grown into almost a full-size dog. She's almost about to be a woman. In the next few months or but so. I, I feel like everyone's having sexy times, and I'm not. It's like, why am I well, sexting? You're married. Well, yeah. You're fucking married, mate. Look at you. You've got so boring since you've been married, not <laughs> I was, sexting but anymore. But the problem was, I, I was boring for like 12 years before I got yeah, married. But you were pretty much married. Like, I mean, that's the point. Like, sexting is a but I'm telling, But I'm not saying just young people are saying, oh, we're the nude yeah. photos. Like, anyone. My age and older are like, oh. And it's like, are you all taking nude photos? Well, they shouldn't be. Don't take nude photos yourself. Like, you look good because you're on your fucking fancy diet. Mm. So, like, this would be the time. If you're ever going to fucking nude up and take a photo of yourself sometime in the next couple of months, yeah. it's probably 
going to be that time. Yeah. Maybe you should But I'll have to set up in a way that looks completely accidental. Like, oh, I just uh, fell over and lay in this sexy position with my towel hoisted down around my hips. Well, you got to have one of those uh, Bieber moments, like where you were on a balcony on your holidays. Oh, yeah, That's right. what you need. You need yeah, to yeah. like get in the best nick you've ever got into. Like, you know, and when you're at your absolute peak. Just walk around nude. Well, you just. In front of open windows. You tip off the paparazzi that someone that they actually want to take a photo of is down there. Like <laughs> one of the guys from One Direction or something yeah. like that. And then you just like, and firstly, Hollywood loaf up. You've got to warm yourself up before you get out there. You know Hollywood what? Hollywood like, loaf? That's what apparently it's called, the Hollywood loaf. So that you just rub it between your hands. Yeah, rub it between like your hands. Dough. Like well, like, yeah. like pizza dough. Like pizza dough, or like you're trying to start a fire on Survivor. <laughs> and you that, like- that, lit, that, that, that lit description was missing from Billy Joel's classic We Can Start the Fire. Rub my dick, get a loaf. Listening to meatloaf. Oh, I can think of one thing that rhymes with what? <laughs> There's not a lot of things. I'm going through my head right now as I talk in this sentence, trying to like, and this is the thing, like sometimes you're talking, but at the same time, what you're really trying to do is just go through the alphabet to see if there is any things. And I've got to be honest with you, it's very hard to find anything that rhymes with loaf. Oaf? Oaf, yeah, I guess that's what it would be. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, so but that's, that's what pretty be. much the same word. You're just not saying L before it. John Holmes, Hollywood loaf. Um, and then it'd be political. It'd be so about Ronald Reagan bumbling oaf. Yeah, yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, yeah, it's go. gonna be the same decade. There you go, too, Billy yeah. Joel. Why doesn't he update that? He should do a We Didn't uh, Start the Fire 2015 <laughs> with just with all new records. Kind of like when Elton John updated uh, Candle, Candle in, in the, the Wind, wind. <laughs> Loaf yeah. in the Wind. Man, then I'm gonna request that. If I ever become big enough, you heard it here first. If I ever become big enough and then I die in some tragic way, uh, and I want Billy Joel to rewrite the lyrics of We Didn't Start the oh, Fire yeah, to but play to be your, at but my funeral. About your life, but though. about my life. I want to start but on. about Tofop. Born in Hayfield, Dairy Cows. <laughs> I mean, it's a start. It's yeah. a first draft. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we were here, we watched the song. We were going to talk about it, and then we never got time to talk oh, about fuck. it. Fuck, that was amazing. Do you remember amazing. this? Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Feel girl. Should I should I get it and we could play it and and talk yeah. about it? Is that what yeah, I should yeah, just, do? Just pause. Okay, it I'll sec. pause. Okay, we're back, and we've. Um, this is the most awkward thing. Like, we, we, so we bought in the computer, and then we've plugged in an extra mic, which we seem to have worked out how to do. Yeah. And then we're just going to hold it next to the computer while this plays. Now, if I can buy a copy of this song somewhere, I'm going to look it up after the podcast. If I can buy a copy, um, I will uh, put it on the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. Don't tell anyone, but I'm sure he'd actually be happy for the the publicity. It's a song by uh, a guy called uh, Michael War. Yeah. Don't know if he's any relation to the famous cricketing war family, but uh, and I'm not. Sure, I don't. I'm going to say no. Um, okay, let's guess no. <laughs> I mean, it, look, if he is, he's gone in a very different direction. That's all. You know, he's probably the guy who plays the guitar at Christmas gatherings <laughs> while everybody else is in the backyard playing cricket. Uh, and it's a song called Hayfield Girl, and it is about uh, girls from the town Hayfield where I was uh, raised. So uh, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Michael War Hayfield Girl. It's had nearly five thousand views, uh, which is not too bad. Is that double the population? of Hayfield? It is, uh, well, I mean, it's much more than that. I think the population at Hayfield at peak was 2,000 and probably is only about sort of 1,200 or 1,500. So, yeah. And so you don't know the War family. I mean, as a Hayfield, I mean, if I mean, it's that small, it's bizarre that you wouldn't actually know it, right? I mean, I haven't, I haven't messaged my dad. 
Because anyone who's ever passed through Hayfield, my dad has details on. <laughs> like, like, like a like, market managed ASIO or my something. Da- my dad is Ancestry.com of just people who've gone through Hayfield. Like, everybody has a connection to my dad. We were at the MCG on grand final day one day, and I reckon every single person he talked to at the game had some connection to him in some right. way, and he's never left his own road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, here we go. It's called Hayfield Girl. Uh, it is by uh, Michael Waugh and... Uh, has it all downloaded or is it going to give us problems? Okay, well, let's just see how this goes. Nice, nice country sort of start. So it's Do you want a, to describe what you're seeing? Starting with some uh, landscape shots. Yep. And we're cutting to a crossfade of a steel string guitar. Bar, barbed wire. Sign that says Hayfield Sign as a lonely says, truck yep. rolls down the highway. <laughs> now, here's Michael. He kind of looks a bit like Paddy Considine. I reckon he looks like like a 20 years older Shannon Noel. Yeah. Some really nice country photography. It's a timber town, so you're seeing the uh, lumber yards. Yeah. I mean, basically you're seeing cut down trees. Yeah. <laughs> you're seeing lots of logs. Some kind of phallic imagery of logs dripping with dew. <laughs> now, the lyrics are important, so maybe yep. you should hear this. Girls born in they don't write pretty love songs for girls born in Hayfield. American women get songs about how they're adored. They don't write love songs about girls from Hayfield at all. And while those lyrics are coming out, you're getting a montage of what I'm assuming are Hayfield locals <laughs> of all ages. Yeah. And then strangely cut to a shot of a dog, and I don't know what that means. Well, they don't love, write love songs about dogs from Hayfield either, Charlie. <laughs> Here we go. The Maffra boys think it's a joke. She'd cut his penis off at night. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're a girl now, from Hayfield, how do you feel about this? The fact that they've never written a pretty love song for you. But then Michael Wall stepped up to the plate, you know what I mean? He's getting so much Hayfield pussy. And I love, by the way, like how he's dissing America and shit. He's like, Tennessee, California, fuck them. They've got their own songs. Yeah. What about fucking Hayfield, mate? Yeah. Where's Hayfield's song? <laughs> There's I've a, got to admit, there's a this girl is the obviously... Bar. There's some old-fashioned tips. There's some, <laughs> there's there's some caramel some, tips there. Some caramel caramel tips. there. But the uh, production values are quite good for obviously what the budget was. This like film clip's nice, nice isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's quite beautifully shot because basically you just get the silent sort of these faces just coming up, these you know, older oh, Hayfield sh- women. Yeah. This is the sad bit. Oh, yeah. This is a beautiful song. 
Oh. Like he took a handbrake turn oh. and hit us right, right in the fucking tear maker. Okay, Michael War is the M Night Shyamalan <laughs> of country fucking songs. We thought we were going to mock this and have some fun with it. Even Ramona's upset. Yeah, because they don't write songs about Ramona in Hayfield. <laughs> wow. I don't. But I'm pretty a, sure that girl had a mustache. I gotta be honest. I mean, look. That, look, there is there was a couple of mustaches probably along the way, but that's okay. That's what. Oh, what's she drinking? That looks like a Bacardi and Bacardi. Yeah, a Bacardi and Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> so you should also post a link to this uh, YouTube video. Let's see if we can get it up to oh, yeah, ten thousand yeah. views. That'd be brilliant. Like it just and because the other thing is. Like, if we did, and we have the power to do this, right? Like, if you can't even support this, if you can't support this uh, podcast in a financial way and stuff like that, but you're like, well, I would like to actually help those guys out at some stage, here's how you can do it. Uh, you should uh, go to YouTube and watch uh, Michael Wars Hayfield Girls. Yeah, and, and get to 10,000 views. Let's get it to 10,000 views because what the fuck, if you're Michael War, <laughs> right, and you just wake up and overnight your views has, like, doubled. Yeah. That's a good moment for you, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so get around it. Is the uh, what? What? Li- tell me, he's now the biggest star in Hayfield, without a doubt. Like Michael War's got to be like the biggest, the biggest deal in town. I mean, so what- what's a Saturday night like for Michael War in Hayfield? Tell me, what, what does he do? Where's he headed for the? I end? mean, you know, like he's got a couple of options. Yeah, top pub or bottom pub. <laughs> so. <laughs> High end of town, low end of town? <laughs> High end of town. One day, you know what, different things are different. I mean, look, I haven't been back to experience, you know, a pub crawl in Hayfield uh, since I was. So that's not really a pub crawl. You, know, you go sorry. from one pub to the other. Sure or you just is. go back and forth like a I real mean, Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> they change the decor while you're away. That's, <laughs> we've only got two pubs, but it's an Irish bar between 9 and 11. Um, no, uh, so, yeah, top pub, bottom pub. We were always, it's kind of a more a top pub family. But, you know, I think the bottom. Is that more bistro? Yeah, there was a bit more bistro. You know, yeah. there was a bit more like that was your family atmosphere up the the top and pub. Was yeah. bottom, I think I want to go to the bottom pub. Yeah, yeah, bottom pub was more yeah wet t shirt contest. Right, I reckon just yeah, bottom pub was more like uh, you'd always find someone drinking at the bottom pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just whenever you went in there, there'd be someone drinking at the bottom pub. And they both know? show footy. Yeah, yeah, they're both yeah. show footy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one, one was called the Railway Hotel, I believe, because uh, every country town has a railway yeah, hotel. Yeah, We certainly had one. Yeah. Um, Have you? Did, we, we talked about Broome. Did you say you'd, you'd been to the Rowie, which is like the famous big pub in Broome? No, no, I haven't been to Broome. Oh right, so, so literally the one place in Australia I've not been to. Like it, I, I, I say all the time that I think I've been to almost everywhere in Australia. So there's this pub there. It's the it's the main pub in town. It's called the Rowie, yep. the Roebuck Bay, named after the Roebuck Bay. After Peter Roebuck. Yeah, no, the, the disgrace. No, Peter, no, Peter no. <laughs> no. After the uh, guy who discovered the bay, it was in the the, okay. uh, the white man who discovered sure. what bay it was in. Um, but because the indigenous people who've been there for sixty thousand years they didn't, didn't notice. They didn't know about. They didn't know it. Was <laughs> Idiots. Uh, so they have this massive pub there, and when um, this dude was driving us into town, he was sort of saying, "Oh, you know, you should go here." And he's going, "Oh, and by the way, Wednesday night, just so you know, fun night, wet t-shirt contest. So if you're going to win a few bucks, and I'm looking in the review at, at Gemini's to see if she's going to rip this guy's head off. Oh my off. god! But he meant it in the most kind of like, yeah, it was nice. It hey, was, welcome to town. I yeah, got, got a bit of a tip for you. Yeah, if you want to make fifty hey, bucks, if I bring a lot of the guests in, and if you wanted to make it to the wet t-shirt contest tonight, I think you'd go okay. Could you think of anything like 
<laughs> he goes, I'm running a book. So if, if you could. Because everyone in town was saying, oh, you've got to check it out. It's actually, it's what happens at the Royal. Like, right. it's kind of, it's a bit of an institution. Sure. But no part of me wanted to go see a wet T-shirt contest. I think not because of some moral kind of, it's like, really? Like, that titillates people these days? I can pull up my iPhone right. and look up anything I want in a matter of seconds. That's what you should have done. Seeing like a, like a bunch of backpackers pouring like uh, water onto their t-shirts isn't really going to do it. No, nah, but it's like, uh, it's amateurs or like, you know, it's the appeal of it's like real people that you can see like in real yeah. life, you know. Yeah, I but like the internet. I like the idea of you, <laughs> you, you heckling with the internet. You should have just gone to the event and then just stood there side stage with like an iPad going, look at what I can look up. Look at this instead of that. That would have been good. Yeah, yeah. And we put it on the big screen. <laughs> have you, you, do you use AirPlay off your phone? Do you know how that shit works? No. So with your iPhone, if you have an Apple TV, it works as a transmitter. So you can be looking on your phone and then put it onto your TV at home. So you can look, you can actually surf, you know, your phone on the TV at home. Yeah. No, I'm never going to do that. It is. That's the best. I'm Why? telling you. Why because, is that the best? Because all your stuff, like if you have Apple TV, you sync your iPad and your iPhone uh-huh. and your TV all together. Sure. And so you can, st- you can watch stuff on your iPad and then check it out. And you feel like Batman. It's like, you know, you right. want to magnify the image. So it's like, yeah. I'm watching or, or Iron Man. Like we, we, yes. we, where you're just standing around and there's all computer screens and you can just touch stuff and it flies apart. And oh. becomes awesome 3D simulations. Yeah, actually, you can walk what through you're them and adjust much cooler it. Than what I'm doing. <laughs> Mine is like the most archaic version of that. But that's pretty much where we're headed, right? Well, I mean, I imagine it is. But I, can't I just catch up when it all becomes intuitive? Because that's, I reckon that's the, the next step is it all becomes pretty much like, you know, when you think something, it does something. Debbie, so do I have to keep learning the stuff in between? Can't we just get to that really quick? That's how the robots win, by the way. Our need for it all to be easy. Have you, you've seen Black Mirror, the uh, TV series? I have, yeah. Uh, and I think the second episode, I've only just started watching it, um, is like it's sort of set in this it's great night. Charlie Brooker really highly recommended he's also brilliant so his, what else has he done I mean he, he's done a bunch of like uh, British things he's, mm. and he's worked on a bunch of things as well like you know when you look back through things that you like but also he's a brilliant like a uh, critic and writer and right. like you know uh, great on, on Twitter and stuff like that as well like really just fantastic just yeah, one of those right. guys that uh, you know get a little bit of Charlie Brooker in your life so I this, would recommend. this series is like a modern version of like um did you oh catch my God. that? Fucking Siri Hang just on. turned herself on. And Siri turned talking. herself on because well, she heard. We were talking about technology. Well, she heard you talk. Uh, well, I, it was one of two things. And, and it was either that you mentioned so many Apple products, Siri just wanted to get involved. <laughs> she was like, I'm connected as well. I can be on your big screen. Or uh, when I said, that's how the robots win, Siri heard that and was like, Hang on. She's got to record this know. fucking shit. Well, so the. Uh, Do you use Siri? Yeah, all the time. Well, uh, hang on. so hang on. How does Siri work? So, uh, well, what do you mean, voice recognition? Yeah, but like, how so do there's I? Certain functions. Why sh- would I want to do it? What's the advantage hands, of Siri? Hands-free operation. So, I mean, the most often when I use it is when. Yeah, just a little bit. Closer. I go to bed. I uh, I get her to tell me she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I'll say uh, Siri set alarm and she'll set my alarm. And if I have something I have to do in the morning, I say uh, make a reminder at ten a.m. to call mum or something like that. So she's like a little personal assistant. Hang on, but how does she do that? How she does just how does, does she remind you and shit? Well, I can't like, do, I, mean, I can't do it because I've got no f- internet coverage. Right, but here. tell me this. Like, I mean, what? I, 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 hang on. So I she know. understands. So you say, hey Siri. Um, Open. Okay, thank you. 
That was brilliant, though. Uh, because basically what happened was you said, hey, Siri, and she said, Siri, not available. Yeah, so, so she still recognises her own voice even when she's being unhelpful. Hey, Siri, you're definitely offline, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, just double okay. checking. No, we're not going to do that. So okay. just, hey, Siri, so stop interrupting. No. <laughs> Siri, shut up. Stop interrupting. How do I turn it off? Siri, you can't be serious. I Hey, Siri, I've just turned you off, haven't I? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, you just will tell her what you need to do, and she does it. So you say, hey, Siri, uh, check, uh, check my diary. Or I say, Siri, remind me at 10 a.m. to do this, and she just does it, and then you'll get an alarm or a, a buzzer at 10 a.m. Oh. the next day. See, but I, I just would, I wouldn't, I'd have to set another alarm because right. I wouldn't trust, trust Siri. Her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like- it's not like I'm putting the fucking nuclear codes in her. I'm just telling her to wake me up in the morning and remind me to call someone. Like, I, if it's a very, like, something you definitely have to remember, then, you know, I'd probably, I don't know, like, write another note or something. But yeah. It's, it's convenient, for sure. Is it? Yeah. If you're, if you are in, if I've got my headphones in and I'm driving, yeah. I will get her to play music for me, pick tracks and Hang play on, how does she me. do that? Say, hey, Siri, open music, play um, Eminem, Lose Yourself. Hang on, but she does that? Yes. She knows how to do that? Yes. Like, you can just say to Anything her... Anything that's contained within her, you can access. So you can, hey, hey Siri, bring up my contacts, hey, Siri, dial... Will does Anderson. she understand, though? Like, is it going to be frustrating to me? Am I going to say, you yeah, know, bring up Eminem's Lose Yourself and she brings up, you know... Uh, the Venga Boys. <laughs> the Venga Boys are coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's. I think it's really good for me now. With this new, you got an iPhone six. Uh, yes. Yeah, so plus. it actually patterns your speech pattern. So when you when you when you install Siri or whatever it is, it gets you to say certain key phrases. Oh. To record your enunciation, which it oh, registers yeah. in a what do they call okay. it? Like a, a, a wave file. And so, what are these key phrases? Um, like are they things like it's like uh, yeah. it's like Day of the Jackal where yeah. you just get activated by <laughs> that's what it sounds like Porsche don't you don't Banana. you think don't you think if this Lamb was a, chop. if this was a movie where they were overtaking sorry Manchurian Candidate when they were overtaking a civilization yeah, yeah. it would be there would be a scene where to unlock your phone or to connect to this thing you had to say these key phrases and they were like the phrases that enslaved you to the machine yeah well that's basically that's basically so you say those phrases and then she knows how you speak. well she she has a waveform of your voice so your nasally fucking hayfield drawl yeah she'd understand so when you say play lose yourself she's gonna know <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> that is how i sound um not really but yeah no i think it's really i think it's awesome but that black mirror series yeah there's a second episode of the first series uh, is about set in the future where this guy's an exercise bike. He's kind of trapped in this sort of, you know, like um, uh, like rat's maze. And the only way out seems to be to go on television and compete with this reality show. Do yep. you remember that episode? Yes. So, one, I mean, the whole series... I did I, watch it a few years ago, but I whole, do remember it. The whole, it's all very... Like, but the, the whole theme, series is best... The so, themes of all the episodes are very tech. memorable. So. Yeah, but it's yeah. all tech. Right? Oh, yeah, it's like, about it's all, the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... That, that including that uh, and you wouldn't have seen if you only a few in, but the, the there's an episode where the prime minister uh, there's a scandal that the prime minister has had sex. That's with the a first pig. episode. Oh, that is the first series. episode. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. And that, that has literally just become happened. a new story. So yeah. it's fucking insane. <laughs> but um, that one, the second one, because it's set in the future, they use 
um, this uh, intuitive technology. So basically this guy lives in this, it's like a cell, I guess, but it's a, it's like a light box and he's connected to the internet at all times. And so when he wants something, it's all down to gestures. Like, right. you know, he moves his finger a certain way, his toothpaste turns on. And to me, I'm like, oh, that is exactly what it's going to be like. Like it'll be just motion detectors and you'll make certain gestures with your hands and that will intuitively activate certain functions on your computer. Like I'm surprised it's not, already happened because we have uh you know gaming software that maps your body movements and stuff so you can animate an avatar so surely the next step is kind of like a uh, uh, like a, a virtual keyboard or a virtual whatever well i would have thought at the very least like everything in your house being voice activated you know can't be far away I, in fact i'm probably sure that there is like you know ways Bill Gates probably has a voice activated home right yeah hell. I imagine any of those tech, hell too but any of those tech dudes like yeah. the silicon valley dudes would have like completely automated houses, I'm right. assuming. I assume so, yeah. And probably robots that'd fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. Did you see that? Wait, uh, why haven't we got to the intuitive technology around the home, Mum? We're still working yeah. on the fuckbots. <laughs> Did you see that? From- <laughs> Bill's got us working day and night, 24 hours a day on the fuckbots. Did you see Ex Machina, that Alex Garland film? I haven't seen it yet. I, I really wanted to see it, but Amy and I kept missing it in different It's interesting. Places. It's not like... I, I wasn't as amazed as everyone led me to believe was, but it's interesting. But I did see someone comment on Twitter that was funny saying... Uh, when it's a film about male AI, it's like, oh my God, what does this mean for humanity and our place in the world? And is this Prometheus again? If it's a girl robot, can I fuck it? <laughs> it's so true. Right. Every time it's male AI, it's like, what does this mean for the universe? Every time it's female AI, it's like, where do I put my dick? Dick. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, but that is absolutely what happens. <laughs> Like, it, it's so ridiculous because you know that people are... Well, I mean, people already have, like, those real-life sex dolls. And so, like, you know, I mean, there's... Ugh, that's so creepy. But there's no doubt that, Nothing's like... coming. That the minute that you can, like, fuck a robot, that people are going to be fucking robots. Oh, yeah. The minute. The minute that they... Like, I mean, someone already has. Yeah. There is no doubt that somebody who has a robot has tried to fuck that robot. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not saying everyone who has a robot, but I'm saying at least one person who has a robot has once, like, you know. Well, at the when very you think le- about when you're a kid yeah. and you'd put your dick in anything or right. anywhere, uh-huh. and that was before things even had a sh- vaguely humanoid shape. Sure. If someone gave you a vaguely humanoid shape, you'd be like, bingo. Right. I was sticking my dick in a grapefruit before this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's all a step up now. Oh, yeah, mate. Like, I mean, if you were a kid in this day and age, you'd be fucking minions like they were out of control. (laughs) (laughs) Minions all up on your dick. (laughs) They're not the only things with one eye. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) They like it. It's like talking to one of their own. They think it's a banana. Apparently, minions love bananas. Do they? Yeah. I've not seen the film, but, yeah, we, <laughs> but we talked about... Uh, I was like, that was my one reference I had was, they have one eye. Yeah. No, we talked about... I think some of them have two eyes anyway, but oh, they, they? They, they talked about the marketing of it. We talked about the marketing of it on Gruen, All right. and uh, I didn't watch one of our researchers watch the movie, but apparently Minions, majority of time, eat bananas. That's a big uh, franchise, right? The it's massive. And right? it's a spin-off of something else. Despicable Me. Right. And it made so much money, and it's like crack for kids, Minions. Like, these things... Things are just like the kids fucking love them. Amy and I went on the Minions ride at, you know, Universal Studios or yeah, whatever right. it was, and 
I love that thing, and I love every ride there. But that I didn't. I, I, we did. What the happens mi- in the minions ride? You oh, fucking you, minion. Get, you get annoyed by kids. All right. Yeah. Like if they'd said to me, "Hey, you guys look like you don't enjoy the minions. There's one out the back where you can fuck a minion." <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? It was good to get this VIP pass. This frontline pass has finally come in handy. Where's Will? He's out the back fucking a minion. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently that's an option. I mean, not in real life. They're not actually real. <laughs> So what happens on the ride? I don't know. I can't even remember. It was boring. I, I, I did not enjoy it. So but what it's mostly it, like, I, but the kids were going crazy. I haven't been to a, like a proper American theme park before, but like how many of the rides like roller coasters and how many like 3D experiences um, or walking so, on sets and shit? So at Universal, which yeah. I go to whenever somebody wants to go there, like if there's someone you in love town, it. oh, I love it. I'll go there. Oh, it's like, yeah. It must be a Back to the Future ride, is there? uh, No, there was the cars from Back to the Future. Oh, actually, I think they were working on a Back to the Future experience for the 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 anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, so yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. But, um, and they got a new Harry Potter one coming. And even though I'm not a really big Harry Potter fan, you check it out. It looked really fucking cool. So what happens? Like you walk onto sets and shit and actors come out just like goblins and... So that... No. <laughs> no. What you're yeah. imagining is not what it is. Yeah, no. that's on the entourage ride. Right? Yeah, you're talking about... Yeah, you're talking about Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast. No, don't they? Like, I thought I saw... Because uh, Gemma is uh, looking at this uh, commercial at the moment and it's Universal, like in South... Universal Studios in Southeast Asia and they have a Harry Potter ride where it, there was dudes in, like, makeup and stuff running around Do you want to just stop it and restart it? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Fucking hell, Siri is uh, not happy. Well, a couple of things. You may have noticed something. Well, I'm sure you noticed, Charlie. People at home, there's no way they would have noticed. Um, But... I identify that audio problem because I am wearing headphones, yes. which is the first time that I think that I've ever worn headphones while we do the podcast. Yeah, it's true. But I did it recently for another podcast because uh, I was having some audio issues and I realized that, oh, I can actually identify the audio issues if I just wear headphones through the podcast. <laughs> so wow. It's, it's good that 300 episodes. <laughs> I used to wear headphones on when we started recording Tofu, but it yeah. didn't fucking help. No. I wore headphones for like the first 40 episodes. But I did hear that bit of feedback that was happening there. Yeah, so, and know. that was because I put Siri too close to the recorder. Yeah. And then you turned her off and she was like, well, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck this thing that's got in the way of our love. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like you can get her to tell you stories and stuff as well. What? Like, so you say, hey, Siri, tell me a bedtime story. And if she's up. up to it, she'll tell you like quite Hang a Hang on, what did you just say? Hey, Siri, tell me a bedtime no, story. No, no, no. What was the next sentence you said? And if she's up to it. Because sometimes she doesn't feel like telling you a story. What? Shut up. <laughs> she does what I want or she does nothing. I mean, and that's not a she thing because she's a fucking robot. She's not a robot. She's a computer's operating system or whatever the yeah. fuck she is. But yeah. like, you know. Well, my series is she. Yeah. Well, I mean, he or she or whatever. Like, so I it's mean, not Siri, he will. <laughs> it wasn't Adam and It wasn't Siri and Eve. <laughs> Uh, you, um, she, no, but hang on. If she's she up she for it, not she's not allowed to make her own decisions. No, she, of course she can. Why? She's artificial no, no, no. intelligence. No, but the minute they make their own decisions, that's when the robots win. As people, have people not learned anything from this podcast? As a monolf, 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 as a monolf. He had more as a novice, yeah, uh, podcaster. Yeah, 
Um, Asimov had eight Asimov's rules three rules of robotics. Three. Yeah. No, but Asimov. He had eight. <laughs> he had eight. He had some extra rules. His cousin. Don't fuck the robots. That's one of his ones. Yeah. Which is actually better because Asimov had no reference to fucking the robots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in those laws of robotics, there is literally nothing that says you nothing can't that have says sex. don't fuck the robots. Yeah, but there's nothing in our it's laws implied. that say you can't have sex with robots. Either. Is there not? I bet there is. Oh, that will there will be a ruling at some stage. Yeah, sure. I reckon there's already some one guy will try will try and marry. Him. I mean, yeah, you need the first person. To, yeah, next people will be marrying robots. But what's wrong with marrying a robot? <laughs> I mean, really, like, I mean, again, well, it depends what level of intelligence they had. You know what I mean? It like, depends if there were so. Well, hang on, but just say that. Just say someone was abusing their robot. Okay, like their robot was an indentured slave that he molested sure. every night and. Tr- treated really badly, but and this is kind of the idea of like. Would we allow that to happen? Well, if it's just a robot, sure. But if we think that it has intelligence, then no, I would hope. But I mean that that uh, you, you didn't see that show Humans, right? But that's basically like the the plot of that show was basically that you know they had these sort of artificial intelligent, like you know, lifelike. You know, that's the point in life. So you know, a family brings home one that's going to look after the kids and teach them things, but they're not meant to have like you know real feelings or real emotions or whatever. But they, some of them start to develop those emotions, and then it becomes that thing of like you know because they have the sex bots, for example. They literally have you know that scene where these guys are going into these brothels. you know brothels and like having sex with these sex bots. And so yeah, of course. I mean, robots will only bring out the worst of us in humanity because basically you know people are inventing robots because they can't have slaves anymore and you know, robots will be the new slaves and mm. then if you know if there's a point where robots are aware of the fact that they're slaves like if they didn't yeah. have that intelligence then they will kill us why do you think so why the need to make humanoid robots like if we kept the robots because it's probably the most impractical fucking design uh-huh. For uh, uh, like a new life form, I guess. Right. So if we just kept them odd shaped, they've got like seven legs and fucking. By the way, that was that was one of the things. Don't I, give them eyes. One of the things I really liked about Interstellar because it was not my favorite yeah. film, but was the robots robot. look like ATM machines. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they look like no one's like, fucking that ATM. Yeah, I mean, someone would still fuck it. <laughs> But you know, someone would fucking ATM. Yeah, it would. It would chance. have something. It would have some kind of pleasure portal. There'd be an optional extra. Right. You can get the ATM. Well, it's just basically bunging in a flashlight, really. Yeah, basically. I mean, you just need yeah. A for hole. An extra twenty bucks, we'll put a flashlight. We'll in. put a flashlight. in. <laughs> I could love. I want to see that scene in Interstellar, where it's like a used car yard, and you just yeah. got nothing but an A circling the ATM, going like, oh, I don't know, man. Nine hundred bucks seems like a lot of money, and the guy's like, look. Extra 20 bucks. Yeah. I'll no, knock man. a hole in the back of it. You can stick your dick you in it. You can work a flashlight in it. And he's like, like all I mean, right, all right, all right. What, ha- what, what happens in space stays in space. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Unfortunately, when he was fucking the, the, the robot in his time in space, it was actually knocking books off a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Inception first draft. So, if, so if they <laughs> Christopher's kept... like, look, I've got a great idea, and he's fucking the robot, and he's <laughs> knocking books off the shelf, uh, and that's the message back to his Chris. How about he just knocks the books off himself in order to signal his daughter? Right. What, after what, he but, fucks but, the robot. Yeah, but when does the robot get fucked? We've already filmed that scene. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent ninety percent of the budget on the fucking the robot. So, so let, let we keep the robots looking like that. Maybe that's the. But law. they're not going to. Like, that, there's no way. We are so vain as human beings that we need to make things in our own image. Wow. I mean, of course we are. 
Like the minute that somebody can, they will. And that's the thing with artificial intelligence. Like we have to have, you know, and I know, look, I mean, I, I'm not some, So you think that... I'm not some absolute paranoid on this. And by the way, I'm not like some crazy conspiracy theorist or anything. The, the, the people, the things that I'm saying are the exact same things that Stephen Hawking has said and Elon Musk has said and people like that, that we have to be careful about the fact that if we ever, and as far as I can tell, we're a fair way away from what we would ever consider to be actual artificial intelligence. Like robots and computers still basically tell us, you know, and we don't actually understand humans enough to know, but this idea that you could give artificial intelligence, like, you know, a command, for example, like, uh, you know, look after humanity, you know, like, but the thing is, does that mean that they then, when we're smoking or then when we're, you know, doing things, you start to eliminate, you know, risk to humanity through that? I mean, it's a, like, it's a pretty, but it's reckon, a complicated area. Do you reckon- and we know that we are going into it because if people can do it, they will do it. That is the truth of humanity. But when Stephen Hawking and uh, Elon Musk come out and say that, you can't help but go, that's from a science fiction film. <laughs> what you guys are saying is what, uh, you know, the guy in the science fiction film says, the scientist who no one will listen to. Right. Who's uh, always right. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that. It's too much like a movie. But like, that's what it's like. And then every step we take towards, you know, it's basically like, you know, we used to laugh at the idea of like, you know, yeah, this future in Terminator. And then you look around at the world we fucking have and you're like, you, you don't, you know, things, things are going in the exact direction that, you know, all the bad things that were predicted in movies are happening. And that's the amazing thing about why Terminator Genesis is so bad. Yeah. It's like, dude, the future you predicted is occurring. Right. All you have to do is just reflect what's happening around us now in your film. I mean, that And you'll have a compelling thriller, but instead they created some super internet. It's like, you don't have to make Skynet a super internet. Just make it now. It would have been much more compelling. I mean, it, it, it's... It's Facebook or it's the government, you know, reading our emails or it's the fact that, like, Google, for example, mm. you know, are, are working on, you know, their own robot fucking army. Google, whose, like, you know, motto is don't be evil. Now, if you were writing a science fiction film and you had a corporation that had access to everybody's information and could data mine your emails and was working on, like, you know, your robots and stuff and their slogan in the movie was... Don't be evil. You'd be like, oh, they're the they're evil, evil ones. They're definitely the evil guys. Yeah, they're Wolfram and Hart. Right. 100%. Yeah, it's all there on Front Street. We're, we're living in that world. And I'm not saying those companies will go in that direction. And But the point is that we are at a point in time, particularly that Terminator thing, that would have been a great movie. If they literally just said... Said it now. Now. Yeah. But that's what... Like, the, really that's what, just now. The first two Terminators were set in their time period. The tech that James Cameron had in 1984 and then again in 91 was the tech of the time. Right. And that's what made it so compelling is he said, well, the natural extrapolation from this point is this horrific future. And then in fucking Genesis, they're like, no, there's going to be a super internet that can talk to you and float through space as a hologram. It's like, right. why did you need that? The thing that we have right now, the cloud yeah. is, I mean, that's all it was. Like Skynet's the cloud. Did you see? I posted this thing on uh, Twitter. Spoilers. <laughs> I was, um, I was uh, when I got my new phone. I was doing the live chat. Uh, Optus do a live chat thing. So rather than call customer service, you just live chat with them and tell them what you want to do, and they solve it for you on the computer. Okay. And so I've been live chatting with this person saying I need a new phone. I'd like these specs. Blah blah blah. And so how do you do that? So you just go to the website, right? And you just it says, do you want a live chat? You say yes. You click on the live chat, and it's like, hello, my name is. 
And so, um, Slim Shady. No, this guy. Like my that. name is. My name is. My name is. What is it? Slim Shady. Yeah. No, this guy came up, and uh, so we were just chatting back and forth. And so I ordered my phone, and then so just in normal talk. I don't know if yeah. I could do that because yeah, once I write typing, it down, like, by... like you like you're messaging someone, Facebook yeah. Messenger or something like uh. that. And so you send it. So it's live, going back and forth. But he said, "Okay, I'll just gonna process your order. I'll take a couple of minutes." And then I sit there going. Maybe he's not real. Right. And so I emailed. You know you're not being I said, he said, uh, that's going to cost this Oh, you mean and, maybe blah, blah, blah. it's a robot. A robot, yeah. Oh, right. And so I said to him, um, I said, uh, hey, uh, thanks, man. Oh, by the way, am I talking to a, a robot or a human being? And he said, uh, no, thankfully I'm human. And I said, yeah, but that is the kind of thing a robot right. would say. Correct answer, robot. <laughs> But then I uh, I got I had to go on the following day to. Did you cry when Molly dr- died on a country practice? <laughs> okay, you're a robot. Uh, and I live tape with someone else and asked them the same question, and they gave me like a, I could tell from the tone of what they were writing. I do think that maybe they weren't based in Australia, right? Because I think there was some just a slight kind of like colloquialisms and stuff that my natural charm wasn't coming across, but. Um, I definitely, I think they're still human, but that can't be far off. That that is that'll be AI soon. Something like that's so simple. Yeah, like anything that. Yeah, I mean, well, like it's like uh, when you ring those phone companies, the first eight, you know, messages are you know recorded, recorded that, messages, and that and- happens so fucking quick. Like that. Do you remember, like probably when you started out in comedy, that's when everyone would do jokes about voice recognition software where you'd go to book a cab and say your name. Like, I, that, I remember that as being, like, the late 90s. Yeah, that I, was- I, 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 I had a joke about that, um, and I reckon it was about my second year of doing comedy. So that's, like, you know, 19 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, right. So and, I, that, and that was, yes, it was new, and it didn't understand yeah. anything that you ever said, and that was the joke. Yeah, now in that time period. And that's what I still assume Siri is like. <laughs> A pre-recorded conversation. You can have a completely can have a complete conversation with a pre-recorded voice, in which you state your name, your age, your address, all that kind of stuff, and it understands you and repeats it back to you. Like that's happening pretty fucking fast. I mean, like FaceTime's the one that's crazy. Like, because to me, I, the whole t- how we didn't have a day video off. Video phones, like video phones, Skype, any of that sort of shit. Where like that is the future. Like the idea that you can be just like looking at someone in another place in this world like live and yeah. talking to them and we, and we and we all just move on like that the world didn't fucking like you know what I mean <laughs> like, like witchcraft hasn't occurred why is there not a day every year when we celebrate whoever nailed that yeah. because that's like to me that's as good as you know whatever fucking great inventions there were in the past amazing like, it's that's actually, amazing it's, it's amazing and we all just were like yeah, yeah, yeah no I can do that well, generally, like we don't stop every time and just and go praise the god of there should video be a, conferencing there should be a prayer that we have to say at the start of it to the person who yeah, invented it yeah you just make it. the sign of the V just like the VC all, right not the VC uh, the video conference right <laughs> the video com yeah right Charlie the Charlie. symbol of Charlie <laughs> the original Charlie uh, yeah, no, Gemma has been away for good chunks of the last three years, like four or five months at a time. But Skype has made it kind of so, like, you don't, it's easy to sort of, it feels a lot better. It's a lot easier to live on the other side of the world when you can chat to that person face to face, like most nights. Right. It's crazy. To the point now where, when was the last time you, do you have a landline? Yeah, we have one. Oh, you have one. Yeah. I haven't had a landline in, I'd say, 10 years. I mean, I don't have one in America. You know, I didn't even bother. Um... And I guess I probably wouldn't even bother having one here anymore. Like, I mean, you know, we just have one because we had one. Maybe for a phone. Uh, for I mean, the reception's pretty shitty here. So, like, if we had really, really good phone reception, like, on the mobiles, then we probably wouldn't have it. But Yeah. But that happened quick as well. I mean, the post office is fucked. Like, you know that... Australia, the post office is fucked, yeah. Like, what are they going to do? 
Who's going to order through? Who, when was the last time you've... Have you gone into a post office recently? Oh, my God. Like, it has to be the slowest service. And it's because the people who are using it to pay their bills and stuff still are the people who are going to be left behind. Right. Like, they're, they're caught in this kind of like a, like a, this phantom zone. They're, they're, they're the residents of the, the Overlook Hotel and The Shining. Right, they're dead. They just don't know it. Basically, the minute you go into a post office, someone should just tap you on the shoulder and say, look, you've given up. Yeah. When you go into a post office, what you don't want them to hear is to say, but Mr. Anderson, you've been here all along. <laughs> and then you look to a photo on the wall. It's no, the 1920s. I mean, the, 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 the thing that the Australian post office didn't adapt to very well is parcels. They haven't, um, because the future of post is really people ordering things online. Mm. Like, I mean, that's where post is still. But unfortunately for the post no, office. Oh, so it's not for buying uh, stationery at the last minute? <laughs> Buying over overpriced printering <laughs> in a range of novelty postcards. And strangely, like shortbread biscuits. I've never understood that. Why do they offer food right to get to the counter of the post office? And it's always like shortbread biscuits. Yeah, I mean, like last minute present item, is it? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, if you're just is. like, oh my God, I've got to get something for the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. I'll send them some shortbread biscuits. I think there was a time when Gemma and I were getting sent presents from the post office. <laughs> Like, like calendars again? How do you know if someone barely loves you? Present from the post office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say, I thought about you at the last minute with a present from the post so office. So did you say that thing that, is it Amazon or eBay are experimenting with drone delivery? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, yeah. So that's fucking crazy. I mean, drones aren't yet at the point. We use drones on the show. Yeah. They're still really, really loud and obtrusive. You can, it's not like you can just float a drone down to someone's front door and take off without it causing major disturbances. Like, it's a big, heavy, dangerous fucking machine. Right. I can't fathom that we'll be able to just fly those things around willy-nilly. We won't. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> like, it's one of the worst ideas of all time. There's already too many drones. What the fuck happened to privacy and the human right not to be spied on at all fucking times? Yeah, that's good And point. the fact that, like, these things... Oh, yeah, here's what we need in the air. More fucking random things controlled by random fuckers. <laughs> I mean, that is only going to, like, lead to fucking trouble. We're, now that we've got... And we're on, on now so someone can get a fucking book quicker, like, you know, we have to deal with the fact that there are drones, like, flying through the sky every night and we can't yeah. look at the sky anymore. I just that. I used to have a joke in my stand-up, which I always loved, but didn't actually use to... It's in my DVD, still available. Uh, Illuminati, please buy it so I can do another one. Um, but uh, I, I had a joke about Amazon delivering the books by drones, and I was like... Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't even fucking remember the joke. Oh, no. I was like, you know, that, I, I, it was like, have you seen how accurate drones are in uh, war situations? Yeah, like, right. I was like, you know, you're not getting that uh, book. That book's going through the uh, window of a hospital. <laughs> right, that was the joke. But but then it would get this like mixed reaction of like some people being like, ha ha. And some people are like, boo, boo. And then I would say, ah, oh, no, you've missed the point of the joke. In that joke, a sick person got a free book. <laughs> There you go. Little twist at the end. Little fucking uh, Michael War style twist. How long before you reckon if the drones do start up, like people are just going to start taking pot shots, right? Like you're going to hear about. They it. already are. There are places in America where it's legal to shoot drones out of Fuck the air. Fuck off! Really? America, Arizona. Yeah, there's places. Texas like, has to be Texas. I actually think that it is one of like weirdly enough, it's like a, you know Colorado or like you know oh, some really? state that you do you you don't. Necessarily... So you can use a gun to shoot a drone. Yeah. yeah. If it's on your property. Yeah, well, I think if it's yeah within a certain airspace. I don't think you can go drone hunting. I don't think you can be like the people from Twister and have like a van and like chase <laughs> them around. But I feel like if it's like, you know, 
I mean, if you can shoot a human when they come into your house in America, I guess you can shoot a fucking drone if it's in your backyard, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what's it? It's stand and what's the fucking rule? The stand and stand your ground. Stand Stand your ground. ground. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, look, of course, it's just going to be nothing but trouble. Like, why are we, you know... But, you know, it, we get... And how do I stop people from weaponizing drones? Uh, well, like, why aren't the mafia weaponizing? Mate, not just weaponizing, but, well, drones are being used all the time to get drugs into prisons and shit like are that. Are they really? Yeah, all the time. This is the new... I like, feel like, fly I feel like the I should be watching the skies. Right. Like, people are flying, like, drugs... I mean, because, of course, why would you have to... Like, why would you shove fucking 18 kilos of heroin up your ass and then smuggle it into a prison when they're testing well, all Well, because I like stuff? doing it that way, and I... <laughs> Your to be honest, school. I don't like the questions. The, the old school smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we bought eight drones. I like to do it this way. Keep shoving. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to go to the post office because I've got to send some mail, pay some bills. The guy who refuses to let go of the old ways. But yeah, but like, of course, that's that's what people are using them for. Of course, people are taking drugs over and using them to like for nefarious means. But of I, course they are. But do you reckon they're weaponizing them yet? Like I mean, well, I mean sure. the American military is. And, well, no, and no, other but like are. like black market, so you can get like a black market sort of ex-military drone that you can use to take out your gang rival or something like that. I mean, yeah, warlords and stuff are using drones all over the place. Oh, of course, are. yeah. Cartels. Uh, cartels would be all across it, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, mobs. Have you watched Narcos? Narcos on Netflix. Narcos? Narcos. 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 Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I always thought it was Narcos, but I guess I Narcos. think that's Australian pronunciation. Right, Narcos. 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 I think it's Narcos. 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 You do the Mexican accent, Narcos. Uh, Narcos. Oh, Colombian, uh, Colombian accent, Narcos. Antonio Benderes. It's fucking awesome. But um, Jesus Christ, it, it looks terrifying. Like that, what happened in Colombia in the 80s and stuff. Like just the... The Sakaru, the culture of the kind of hitmen, it's like the kind of cowboy hitmen that they have over there, and they're now sort of in Mexico as well. It's just, it's so violent. One of the guys I work with at work is actually Mexican, and he said the town he grew up in used to be quite peaceful. Uh And he said, now you go down, it's just like, it's constant sort of like gun battles, and you just hear about people getting murdered all the time, all because of the drug war, mind you. Good thing we... uh, we, uh, we won that drug war. We'll just keep it illegal, guys. Yeah. Keeps the criminals out. I mean... Did you see there was that article that the Hells Angels or some bikey group were protesting the legalization of marijuana? Right, because it cuts into their yeah. profits. It's like James Packer, you know, he's got this casino in Macau and uh, uh, basically they've just done this big launch. They made yeah, this $70 million. Oh, I don't know if you know about this, but we talked about it on Groom, but basically they made this 16-minute short film, right, because they're not allowed to make ads uh, in China about gambling. Right. So they're launching, it's called Studio City, his um, uh, casino. Is and- the one he made with De Niro and yeah. DiCaprio. So it was called... Uh, uh, no, I can't even remember what it's fucking How much called. money but, did they get paid? Well, uh, uh, apparently, rumoured, $13 million each. Fuck off. Yep. Um, the whole thing cost uh, $70 million US. Wow. For 16 minutes. Uh, it's got uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got Robert De Niro. It's got Brad Pitt. And it's got Martin Scorsese. In it. Directing it as well? No, Brett Ratner. Because oh. you know what? <laughs> if you've got Martin Scorsese, get him to act. Yeah, and get, yeah, yeah, and get yeah. the rat to fucking take the... No, I think Scorsese may have done some of the directing. It's also, it's also rat, rat in his business too. Yeah, Rat, rat Pack. They They're making themselves. a fucking shit ton of stuff. Yeah, and also their, their big like push is the Chinese market. That's it. Their, their big thing. So... Um, so they made this like fifteen minute like short film that they were all in, um, you know, about gambling basically, mm. which is fucking like, saying how cool made... it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, yeah, 
<laughs> no, no, it was really anti-gambling. It was really weird. Strange. Yeah. yeah, it was like Leonardo DiCaprio just being like, I just lost all my money, man. Yeah. I was a famous movie star, but gambling really took me down. And De Niro, like, I made a lot of movies about casinos, and what I really learned was that... Uh, I sound ba- like Kermit the Frog <laughs> for some reason when Will does me. I wasn't really actually trying to do a De Niro impression. Like, I was just trying to, like... Do our voice, do just to voice. distinguish it from the first one. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Master of accents. But um, that's where uh, Adam Zammett... Uh, do you remember Adam Zammett? Do you, do you ever meet Adam Zammett? He used to be, like, a... He's an Aussie guy who used to, like, uh, he was involved in the big day out and he was uh, married to Michelle Leslie. Remember Michelle Leslie? Oh, yes, I did meet him once. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's over there doing a lot of the entertainment, like, coordination for oh, right. James Packer at this Macau casino. So, I mean, it's a pretty fucking glamorous world, I guess. So like, why why we, why did we get to have I have no it? idea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, uh, drug cartels. Oh, drug cartels. Uh, oh, oh, uh, so James Packer... The reason they have to do all this big launch and they have to go into the Chinese market is that their business, the Chinese government have just done this massive crackdown on corruption. Like, and basically what casinos were being used for in Macau was all these like money laundering. And so since the government have cracked down, their percentages, their profits have gone down 30%. So literally a third of their business was was just money laundering. Wow. So what basically I'm saying is, why don't we... (laughs) set up a money laundering operation that funds this podcast. <laughs> I don't understand what... What is the concept of money laundering? You put you just put it through another business so it looks like that's where it came from. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess... I'm thinking Breaking Bad is probably explained it the best. They had to buy that car wash so they could justify why they had any amount of money at yeah. all. And so, I guess, like, the thing about a casino is you can walk out of a casino with a heap of cash. And, and, it's, you know, and it's undocumented because right. it's people are putting cash, literally cash down. Yeah. How is that legal? <laughs> well, it's not. It's not legal. <laughs> so, no, like the casinos in general. Oh, well, they shouldn't be. I mean, why, I mean you, why, why? how come you don't have to get a receipt for when you put, you know, money into a pokey or something like that? I mean, people look like, like, well, you know, and here's the thing. If you're just in it for the entertainment value and you know, like, anything about probability and you understand that the odds are stacked against you and you go into it going, oh, well, you know, I'm probably going to lose and this is what I've decided, that's fine. Mm. But... That idea that a casino, they're based, I, I was talking about this the other day, and I said basically a casino is based on this premise that there are some people, like if I went up to a bar and I ordered a beer and they did not give me a beer, I would not go to that bar ever again. But there are some people who are willing to go to a bar time after time again and pay for a beer and not get that beer because one time they, they went and beers. they got five beers. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you know, maybe, and but they're you know, like, you well, ex- maybe next time it'll be a hundred beers. You explain it in beer terms. I'm like, no, I kind of get that. <laughs> no, I'd rather just have the I, beer uh, now. I, the, I'm so thankful of all the things that I fucking like doing. Gambling has never, I think my low self-esteem has made me assume that I will lose in any given situation. Right. Well, so you're, I just th- you're I, also right though. I just feel I mean, that is the right, you are going to I, most I, We actually lose. went to Derby Day last week and I, uh, I I got I was like you know what, no, oh, explain to the Derby listeners Day. what Derby Day oh, so is. It's, it's part of the Melbourne Spring, Spring Carnival, Racing Carnival, which is the big horse, uh, racing. horse racing event in Melbourne that happens every year. It's uh, for a bit three weeks. People get interested in horse racing and yeah. then stop being interested. Well, I, I actually yeah I'm, I'm I'm I used to work for the VRC as a teenager. Like oh. I used to work on the gate. Is that right? That the jockeys in. It was I did always, not know that. I was 16 years old. A mate of mine got me the job, and so you wear the white coat. You just have to lift the boom gate up. 
when the jockeys came in. Okay. So you'd see these like big... They couldn't just walk under? Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd see these fucking like, you know, BMWs and Mercedes roll up and there'd be some like blonde in the passenger seat and then this dude sitting on phone books in the driver's seat. G'day, mate. And you're like, well, look, I'm not going to ask your ID because yeah. this is a pretty committed performance if, if not. Um, but I never really got into horse racing. Even when I was working there, I just, I didn't, I didn't understand... I never liked maths. And so right. having to work out odds and when things change, I was like, this is too much work. But um, last week I, th- I said, I'm not drinking. Uh, I might as well just like, I'll, I'll give myself a budget of a hundred bucks and I'll, and I'll lay some bets down. Okay. And again, sort of, I don't know anything about horse racing. And I remember that episode of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Where uh, uh, um, Andrea was in love with Jace, uh, with um, uh, Brandon. Okay, yep, sure. And uh, she didn't know how to tell him and they went to the horse races. And so subconsciously every time she picked a horse knowing nothing about horse racing it'd always be like Cupid's Revenge or you know like my heart beats true or something like that right everything had a love theme so I was like well if I just bit with my heart <laughs> like Andrea Zuckerman did like Andrea Zuckerman did yeah. uh, and it, uh, it went really badly and then I found someone who seemed to know about horse racing oh yeah always find one of those and she was uh, she was showing me this kind of not it's not like a formula but she was just saying okay well I look to the see who the trainer is and yeah. then I look to see who the jockey is and then you work out well if this person's won this amount of races then you know and they're on a, a wet track and they ride this kind of horse so there is some kind of knowledge that goes to it but she said but in the end anything could happen right and I'm like well that's the fucking caveat which makes me unwilling to part with my last 50 bucks I mean a 100 to 1 shot won the Melbourne Cup so yeah, right. like I mean it was 100 to 1 that horse like that horse that won the Melbourne Cup, first female jockey ever to win the Melbourne Cup, which was a pretty historic occasion. I'm not a big horse racing fan, but I, um, eh, Michelle Payne, her name was, I believe. And um, that seems like a pretty good story. And it was 100 to 1. There were, there were people who um, were involved in that syndicate, like, you know, the people who uh, own the horse. It sounds evil, though, when you say syndicate. A syndicate I know yeah. that that's what it's called, but... When you say they're in the syndicate, I'm like, oh, up to no good. Well, it's like, it's kind of also like in the old days, in the paper, like in the old days of newspapers, you would, uh, if someone was described as a colourful racing yeah, identity, yeah. that basically meant criminal. criminal. <laughs> so, and it still pretty much means criminal. Didn't the head of the Victorian Racing Committee or whatever get shot at like a week before the Melbourne Cup yeah. or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's still you know, a pretty dodgy you know, area horse racing and obviously all the gambling and, you know, when you have that much. I mean, there's a bunch of jockeys that, you know, I mean, the funny thing about horse racing, it's like one of those industries where some jockey will get busted for fixing races and then like eight weeks later you're like, hang on, is that a jockey that got busted for fixing races? Didn't he get suspended? They were, yeah. yeah, they gave him like six weeks. Yeah. You're six, like, hang on. Six weeks on like three quarters of his pay. Yeah. I mean, he made $50,000 from the race he fixed, so yeah. <laughs> I guess he was fine. He went to Bali. I used, there used to be a priest I knew who was Wayne who was gambling, and he said, uh, I, I was talking about the stall gift, and he said, you never bet on, like, human races. And I said, why? And he's gone, because they're the easiest to fix. Like, someone only has to hold off an imperceptible amount right. to lose a race or to allow someone else to win, and, it, and no one could, there's no way of telling, you know, if that race was fixed beforehand. Horse racing, it's a bit, they've still got the unpredictable element of the actual animal. But he said anything where you're just relying on human beings. <laughs> the horse is like, fuck this, I'm winning. Yeah. I don't care about your fix. <laughs> I'm not going down. I, I, I know that you're not even whipping me or telling me to go, but I've got my own plans. <laughs> I've got integrity. I'm not seeing any of that cash. It's a Bruce Willis from Pulp Fiction, right. horses. <laughs> 
He's not going down. He's not going down in the fourth. Um, so were you in a marquee or something on, uh, yeah, I was in, I was in, uh, the Emirates marquee, which was, I went down as part of work cause channel seven cover it, obviously. Um, it was, I was not amongst peers because there were some very like powerful, um, commanding personalities in the front. Oh really? Like, you know, like Gil McLaughlin and Eddie McGuire. It was that kind uh, of, Eddie was there. Of course. Cause they had Emirates. Crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Nathan Emirates, Buckley Emirates. was there, so it was a lot of very powerful. Did you go and say good night to Bucks? Did you say hello to Bucks? Did nah. you, who did you chat to? Did you chat to anyone? Sandy did, Roberts. Oh, Sandy Roberts. I went out to chat. Well, actually, well, Sandy came over because his uh, son's a big fan of the show, and so we got a photo. And then is that right? I asked him because uh, I heard he was a Saints supporter. Oh yeah. And I asked him about that, and uh, he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Is it hard not to barrack?" He's gone. Yeah, you know, it is. He's gone. He, he found like you know the grand finals especially were really tough. And I said, you know, I want to know a funny, a funny story. And he said, what? And I said, I was over in Perth about a, a three weeks ago. And I asked Basil Zemkis the same question. Is it hard not to barrack? And Sandy's gone, oh, you're kidding, right? <laughs> what did he say? Like he said, uh, he doesn't barrack. And, and he's like, oh, you're joking. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I love all those old sports. Like, you know, there's something about like uh, a younger sports reporter that can be almost a little bit repulsive. What but do you mean? I don't know. There's just something about the fact that you're a sports reporter and you're yeah. a young sports reporter. It's yeah, because normally like, they, when they're really young, they always look like they're wearing their dad's suit or something. Yeah. They're just a bit too eager. Yeah, that's what it is. There's yeah, an yeah. eagerness. But those old guys, those pros who've just been around forever, yeah. I love them. And they've all got a million stories. Yeah, so I had a good chat to Sandy. Oh, nice. And then uh, Gil McLaughlin was there. and Head of the AFL. We've talked about this story before, how I yeah. saw him in Broome and, and I didn't go up and, and thank him for my ticket to the 09 Grand Final. So yeah. I did it this time. So you did. And uh, he's a powerful individual. <laughs> he's very tall. He's big, very tall. He? And he's got those big Tony Robbins hands as and well. And you've got tiny hands. Exactly. So when he shook my hand, it was yeah. like literally like watching Andre the Giant shake a baby's hand. Right. Like he enclosed your hand. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was, yeah. A powerful, it was a powerful handshake. And he made eye contact the whole time. You know, he just had that kind of... Oh, really? You know those CEOs uh-huh. have that kind of like, you know, very direct... Like Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a meeting in a ring? We did. He asked me to sign a contract. Uh, I don't know. Felt a little suspicious to me. But just when I was about to sign, some music started playing. And another guy from Home and I walked out and said, Hold on one second. Just before you sign that contract extension, I want to say one thing. Yeah. (laughs) Then my manager ran out, threw me a bullhorn. Um, anyone else? Was there any glamour? Was there any like uh, celebrities like that aren't you know like I mean is it is it was it? They had this weird bit of entertainment. Oh yeah, I, okay. I think because it's an English garden theme, Derby Day or something okay, like that, or sure. maybe just this tent had an English garden theme. Okay, so uh, they brought out this entertainment, which would be these um, five beef eaters would come out. You know the guys with the big furry hats. Oh, they, no, okay. they're not beef eaters. They're royal guards. Okay, but they what? British royal guards. Isn't that what they call the beef eaters? No, beef eaters. I think are in the tower with the little hat and the spear thing. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I yeah. thought the one was the, the furry hats were the... No, no I, think, right? I think they're just called the Imperial, Common mistake, Imperial is Guard or there just you go. The, the, the Royal Guard. But with the big fluffy hats. Big the fluffy ones hats. who stay the still. Ones you, the ones who can't laugh when you moon them and shit. Yeah. Um, so these, so these, so hang on, they're the entertainment. Yeah. So what would happen is like the big Ben thing would try it's and a boom, weird boom, and these guys would march out like all you know stiff like the the guards meant to do. What the they, fuck is going faces. on? And then music would start playing and they start dancing like to Spice Girls and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so were they real royal guards? No, they'll dance as just oh, like okay, royal cool. guards. That was the point, girl. 
I was like, are they doing that now? Yeah, yeah. Like, is that... We're going to boost tourism to Buckingham Palace. Teach the guards how to break dance. They put Prince Harry in charge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like... Put some pingers in their water. Okay, so that was... Okay, that was a joke. That was... So that was entertaining. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, um, what about snacks? Because you're on this diet. Like, I know, I, I get... Don't they have, like, free food and shit at that? Yeah, so I just... I, I ate what looked, you know, more or less proteiny or vegetable. I didn't eat any okay. pastries or cake. But you didn't take that. your own... I like did. Prepared I did. food. I, oh, I you did? did? I, I had a pocket full of beef jerky in case I got <laughs> desperate, which I ended up eating at, at one stage. Uh-huh. But um, I've only, I haven't been in the races in like 10 years, and I, it's not really my... So you were the beef eater, technically. Yeah, literally, the yeah. beef eater, beef jerky eater. <laughs> did you, you should have done it in front of them, just ate, ate beef. <laughs> I'm like you. Yeah, I like, eat this. They're like, that's not us. They're the guys with the little hats. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt everybody. Sorry, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. Sorry for being such a jerky. <laughs> Fuck, that's a terrible. Uh, yeah, you know the thing about the races is, like, when you go to those marquees, it's fine. Um, but then when you have to leave, because even before I was invited to marquees, I, I went to a few car parks one year with friends. And it's fine until, and it's a cliche, it gets to 5 p.m. and that's when, you know, the girls take their heels off and the guys start brawling in the fucking dirt and stuff. It gets really ugly. Yeah. But this year, I was in this marquee the whole time and then it was time to leave. So we got ferried out and it was just, it was just weird because it's like New Year's. It's like if New Year's was contained into like, you know, four very narrow streets. It's just because there's all these, once the races are over, everyone then tries to get into all the bars and the, and the marquee. So you've literally got people on every corner trying to get in these bars. And I'm like, and, and it's not just young people. It's people like probably some couples, this is their night, their, their day out, you know, right. middle-aged couples. So you see all these kind of middle-aged people like queuing up to get in these bars. It's like, that's not what I want when I'm like, I don't, I, I thought I've got to an age where I don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine why you'd want to come to this event, spend a day outdoors and stuff potentially going to rain on you and then line up to get into kind of these pop-up bars. It's just, I don't know. It's it, fine for some. It's just, I don't think it's really my thing. Oh, oh, mate, like all of that sounds like, that's why I don't go to any of those things because all that other stuff sounds like way too much work for the yeah. small amount of fun that I think. Well, you know, you know what have. it's like actually and you will be out and it's like when a music festival, festival finishes right. and you have to get to your car and it's just that kind of jostling long walk and it's like, ugh, you know, that was fun when it happened beforehand but, this kind of sucks. Can't we just hire a helicopter? I, Next year we'll get a helicopter. You know what we need, Charlie? What? Personal drones. <laughs> that's, that's what we need. Hey, uh, we should finish up in a minute because I'm going to take Amy to dinner because oh, I've shit. Yeah, we've been, been ignoring her um, uh, while I've been so busy. So I want to do that. But um, uh, we should mention just a couple of quick things. Yes. Uh, firstly, we did a little video for the Patreon. So let's tell people. Yeah, Patreon like, page going is going to go up. I'd say it's going to go up soon. I don't, I don't want to say exactly when, but I'd say in the next fortnight. Some people have been looking, which I've appreciated. Yeah, uh, but we just, it is uh, not up yet. I just we just it took us this long to record the welcome video, which yeah. is apparently is essential to getting the page up. But yeah. everything else seems ready to go. I just need to work out how the fuck it works in terms of when people don't have money, where does it go? Do we have to set up an account or whatever, PayPal account maybe or something? But um, yeah, I'm thinking in the next week or two, it'll it'll be ready to go. And and basically, you know, uh, a lot of people have been saying to us, "Hey, just put it up. You don't yeah. need to have heaps of rewards or anything." like that you know we just like the podcast you know we'll, we want to support the podcast so what we'll probably do at the start is put it up with only maybe you know the the incentive of the, the first 50 subscribers to the highest bracket will get the book yep 
Uh, that way, you know, we get the... And the book... Uh, I, I, look, I've seen... You sent me some format and layout and shit. It's happening, right? It is happening. It's not like we're we're lying. It's actually going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We, like, up until when you sent me those things, I was still like, yeah, this will happen. But like it'll, <laughs> like everything we do, it'll end up being disappointing. Yeah. And But like when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah, Sean's doing a fucking awesome job. So I've got Sean and Fosdyke working on some... Uh, <clears throat> It's just, um, we've been really fucking busy and this stuff just takes yeah. time to actually do. But everyone, so some teabaggers have stepped up to the plate. They're going to help us get this book made. So it is going to happen. So we will offer that as the top tier reward. And then after that, let us just fucking work out if this thing works. Yeah, if and the, if, if it affords us t- the more time to do bonuses and things like that, then, you know, maybe we'll make that incentives down the track. And that's kind of the idea. I mean, like, obviously, you know, you, you can just keep listening to the podcast for free and all that sort of stuff. But if you do want to support it and, you know, the money's going to go back into the podcast and just enable us to do it when we're in different enable countries. Enable us. Or, that's, that's good Enable us. That's good. <laughs> You're yeah. going to enable us. Could, please, please enable us. If you think this needs to be encouraged... <laughs> encourage us if you don't well you know we'll get that message loud and clear as well and become we can, our enablers yeah is what we're saying if there's no interest we might get a nod in the different direction <laughs> we might be like oh okay well it turns out time, there's to, not much, uh, time to fucking to to grow up stop yeah, the stupid podcast I guess, I guess stuff. we'll do something else yeah. <laughs> might concentrate the on philosophy people spoken. seem to fucking like that <laughs> I, uh, so uh, if you could do that and uh, we, we won't reveal anything about it but uh uh, a lot of people have been asking, you know, when will we do another live show in Australia? Because it's been a long time. Uh, we can confirm that we are going to do something at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Uh, and we're going to try to do something, you know, big. So that that's all we really have to offer at this time. But uh, if you're planning to go to Melbourne during the festival, uh, we'll give you, you know, the, the best weekend, the best dates and those sort of things and let you know when we know more specifically. But it's going to be something, yeah. hopefully, that's bigger than what we've done before and also that, you know, enables a few more people to come and see it than previously. We're going to enable cool. you. <laughs> We're going to enable you in return. Enable us and we'll enable you. Yeah. Come on, guys. These are Asimov's laws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, that's it. Oh, 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 political. No, political will. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing political will all this week. Um, uh, Friday and Saturday uh, sold out. Uh, Thursday night, there's a handful of tickets. We added an early show on Saturday. So there's a 6 p.m. show. Uh, that one's still got about 150 tickets left. But it's all going to go uh, quickly. But I'd love you guys to come. Uh, the audience, there's been heaps of teabaggers come to the show. It's because we didn't advertise it. Like, it's, it's literally just been advertised through the podcast and my other show. It's mostly people who are already kind of you know listen to the show or in the room when i it was certainly the most audience recognition when i mentioned the podcast at the end yeah, at right. any of my shows yeah. and i was like oh yeah that's What's right a photo yeah <laughs> uh so uh yeah so that's on but uh come along and see that and becky lucas has been doing support for me she's been brilliant and justin is doing support on the six o'clock uh, show on saturday so uh that'll be brilliant okay all right that's well it. i'm charlie clausen i'm will anderson so <laughs> Were played on those long country tribes Where candies and dollies and old Charlie prides Mum sang along with Jim Reeves and Bill Ives As we rattled along country tracks Dad used to threaten us boys with a hiding If you don't settle down in the back Then Mum would growl 
watch you turn up the volume and pass round the lollies she packed. But they don't write pretty love songs for girls born in Hayfield. American women get songs about how they're adored. Tennessee girls get tampons. Californian girls, they've got no faults. Ah, but they don't write love songs about girls from Hayfield at all. No, they don't write love songs about girls from Hayfield at all. A timber mill town in East Gippsland. The Maverick boys think it's a joke. So Dad used to hang it on Mum, who was born there, but she'd get hers back, I suppose. And they don't write pretty love songs for girls born in Hayfield. American women get songs about how they're adored. Tennessee girls get two holes. Californian girls, they've got no faults. Ah, but they don't write love songs about girls from Hayfield at all. No, they don't write love songs about girls from Hayfield at all. She knows that he cares He'd say Well they don't write pretty love songs For girls born in Hayfield But you're the most beautiful woman I've ever known Tennessee girls they might want Californian girls might have no faults How about you blokes can keep them Cause I've got my Hayfield girl You blokes can keep them Cause I've got my Hayfield 